This is Zain Sharma, the Director of Pioneer Missions and School of Missions with Kingdom Vision Global, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. To receive more updates from us, please do visit our website, kvglobal.org, or find us on our Instagram page, Global School of Missions. Today with us, we have Evangelist Tanson John, and he'll be sharing with us through the Book of Colossians. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into today's teaching. And we just covered from the Book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. And today we're going to be reading from verse 9 to 14, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit minister to us through these verses. And before I begin, I would like to share a few thoughts on our previous session we had from the verse 1 to verse 6. And we saw how the Apostle Paul speaks about uh, the gospel bringing forth the fruit. And that was the main highlight, the gospel which they heard or we've heard is not the dead gospel. It's the gospel that brings forth life. It brings forth fruit. So Paul wanted to make sure that the, what the teaching that they had received was not a dead teaching. Now, just so that uh, all of us are on the same page, and if you're um, if you have missed our previous teaching, I just want to you know share a few thoughts on why Paul wrote this letter to the members of Colossians, members of the church in Colossae. Basically because the church in Colossae was struggling with a teaching of heresy, they had a problem, some of them had a problem of understanding who Jesus truly was or truly is. Um, and most of them didn't really believe that Jesus was fully God, right? He was God. So Paul right now is writing this letter with deep, deep concern. It doesn't really appear that Paul, in fact, visited this church. Uh, it was the leader, one of his leaders, Epaphras, I believe, was trained with Paul, uh, under Paul in Ephesus for about two years. And then he comes to Paul with this report of what's going on in the church in Colossae. And, but Paul, I love the way he begins this whole letter. He does not go, you know, shooting bullets and trying to tell them that, you know, because you guys have been sidetracked and this is what you get from me. No. In fact, he he writes it so graciously, addresses, you know, himself, who he is. He comes off as a father figure to this church. And I love the heart that he has, that he wants, you know, he's letting them know that he's praying for them and that, you know, he's wishing them all well. And that he is, you know, also deeply concerned. And we will see that in the later portion of the chapter. But we see the heart of an apostle is a heart that is so gracious, that is so uh, restorative, it so uh, reflects the heart of God in what he writes to uh, the people in Colossae. So now today we're going to be um, reading from verse 9. And here we see uh, in verse 9, it says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. As we also heard 
that some of the group of people in this church were very generous and they were known well for their hospitality and love for people, for all saints. And Paul was really encouraging them, you know, in what they were doing, not just trying to pinpoint their faults and mistakes, but he saw the better side of their lives, what they were actually doing, the work, the work of God in action. And here's what Paul is saying now, for this reason, I also, since the day we heard it, we did not cease to pray for you. I want you to underline, did not cease to pray for you. And this is what we see the Apostle Paul's habit was his daily habit to pray for his churches, to pray for the people that he led to Christ. And just yesterday, we covered that on the previous episode and how important it is to keep the intercession burning in our lives, to keep the fire of prayers burning in our lives. And we may not know, uh, you know, what people are going through, uh, but it's always important to remember them in our prayers because we need to keep praying for people. Paul the Apostle prayed for once those that he led them to the Lord. And maybe, you know, we've just forgotten some people that we have led people to the Lord. Maybe, you know, sometimes the Lord reminds me of some people that I've preached to, ministered to, and, and I've not heard of them for a while. And and but you know even though i might have forgotten god never forgets these people he brings us to remembrance to, so that we can cover them in prayer and it's very important to cover people in prayer and then paul goes on to say and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will i want you to underline filled is another word that came into my spirit when i just read it i was like wow and here's what paul the apostle is saying don't be empty you know don't uh, don't just be empty, but be filled. In other words, like, you know, be loaded, you know, be loaded with the knowledge. And that's what the, uh, Paul is trying to tell the church, you know, don't be baby Christians. I mean, don't settle for anything that the devil throws at you, but make sure that your life is not run by people's wisdom, but in fact, it is growing in the understanding of what God's will is. And oftentimes we try to figure God's will by human intellect. And that's why we don't understand fully what God is saying. And so many Christians we see today are completely, you know, ignorant, I should say, about God's will. You know, we must not move another stone without praying. You know, we need to pray for the minor and for the major stuff that in our lives to make sure that we are on the on God's side and not on the devil's side. So it's very important for us to, you know, to, uh, for us to pray God's will to come into our life. In order for that to happen, we must be first be filled with the knowledge right? And we need to be filled with the wisdom. We need to be filled with the spiritual understanding. Now, why is this so important? Okay. Why is this so important? Now, have you ever heard of how people are being exploited around the world, right? Uh, little kids have been taken into child labor and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, men and women are being exploited financially, emotionally. And I had one time uh, somebody come up to me and um, who was working extra hours in the office. And I asked for just for some reason, you know, how are you happy? And he said, I'm not happy for the pay that I'm getting. You know, I'm working so much. I'm sweating so much, but this is what I'm getting paid. And then I asked him, I was like, okay, what's your pay like? And and because I'm, a, I'm also 
also a consultant for, you know, I worked as a consultant for, for so many, you know, firms. Um, I told him immediately, you know what you're being, do you realize that you're being underpaid for the work that you're doing? And, and that person didn't understand what I was saying, but later on he came back to me and said, you were right. I was being paid, you know, underpaid for so many years. I was not knowing it. I was just a puppet, but now it's not going to happen. So, you know, something like that, the enemy always takes hold of something which we do not know of. So, and also the biggest reason for that is, you know, ignorance if we are you know ignorant about the word of truth we're ignorant about studying the bible the enemy has more hold in our lives right the areas of our life that needs to be filled with the word and if that doesn't happen the enemy fills it with lies so you got to take control today and say no i'm not going to let the enemy exploit me so that's what the Paul the Apostle is saying. You need to be filled with the knowledge of His will, understanding what God requires of us. Our life should be meant, it should reflect God's will and God's purpose, no matter what we, where we are and what we do. And from there, Paul the Apostle says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Just just about a previous in a previous episode, we covered the importance of bearing forth that fruit. Right, this is what it looks like. You know, it says that so that you may, so that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. And the reason for that is that you that you fully please Him. Right, you become fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing. In the knowledge of God, I want you to underline the last word: increasing uh, uh, the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. When was the last time that you desired to know God, God's word, more deeper? Right. We need to cultivate that desire in us. We need to let the desire to become more and stronger and stronger to know the knowledge of God. Get increasing. So the more we are increasing in the knowledge of God, the more stronger we become in our lives. Now verse 11 then says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. You see how everything tunes up? Paul the Apostle is not saying, you know, you pray for God's anointing and God's strength. No, he first begins with saying, I want you to be first filled with the knowledge of his will. You know, align your life back to the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom, also have the spiritual understanding. And so that after which you will prosper, you'll begin to bear fruit and then as you continue to grow and increase in the knowledge of God, therefore, you're going to be strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. My God, can you imagine being clothed by the power of God? Not just, you know, it just being, I, I can't explain to you how that feels like. But I tell you, this is what God wants to clothe us with. He wants us to be mighty. He wants us to be strong, not weak vessels, not be not be uh, a broken, you know, shattered vessels at all the time. Yes, God uses broken people, but he also fixes the broken people. And he also empowers them so that they can become the testimony for his glory. 
And then he goes on to say, once you have all that, you have the spiritual knowledge of his will. And now you're growing in the knowledge of his will, a knowledge of God. And now that you have the strength and now it speaks about having the long suffering, right? All patience and long suffering with joy. Now, here's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be the people of joy. And I want you to underline that uh, word says long suffering with joy. I'm going to read the verse 11 again so that we all of us can understand from where I'm uh, from, where I'm bringing this word from. It says strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience, long suffering with joy. Right. I tell you, none of us do like suffering and none of us do love long suffering. I tell you, we don't know how long is a long suffering can be at times, but this is a this is a teaching that's not very popular today in a charismatic or evangelical circles. Sorry to say that, but that is the truth that we are hearing. Long suffering has never been a teaching for many people. People these days talk about how God wants to deliver you from this and that pain. And yes, he is a deliverer. Yes, he is. But what if we, uh, how do we uh, react or how do we respond to situations or, you know, when we don't see breakthroughs come, when we don't see things happen, what do we do then? Right. And so I remember one time, you know, that, you know, God had to remind me that, you know, that he's working his purpose through me while I'm in the long suffering. You see, it's not a wasting season. All of us go through some suffering or the other. And that way we cannot, we can connect to each other's emotions and connect to each other's, you know, uh, uh, the pain of emotions and all kinds of stuff. Right. And, um, and that's how we become more relational with each other, right? But if you ask me, is it God's will that we suffer? Absolutely not. And sometimes God does not just deliver us. More than deliverance, I feel that God wants to, you know, bring forth the fruit of Christ-like character in and through us. And that's what happens in the long suffering. When we suffer through the times that we are in today, and maybe we are suffering financially, maybe if we are suffering physically, maybe we are suffering through all different ways as possible, right? In the midst of the suffering, Christ becomes so real. Our relationship with God goes into another level altogether. But here's what God is trying to tell people. You know, he wants to tell people that be the people of joy. Be the people of joy. Be the people of joy. So God is with you, okay? When you're going through suffering, the devil wants to convince you by telling you, hey, listen, you know, why are you suffering? Why others are not suffering like the way you're suffering, right? And sometimes the enemy kind of taunts at you and tries to discourage you, tries to deceive you into thinking that, you know, God has abandoned you. But no, my friend, here's what God is clearly, clearly saying that, you know, uh, press through long suffering with joy. God doesn't want us to lose our joy. He doesn't want us. He's concerned about our joy. Can you imagine? It could be a tiny bit for us, but for God, it's something big. God wants us to be happy and joyful. He wants us to be rejoicing at all times. That's what Paul understood that. He said, you know what the major thing about Christian life is that we are rejoicing at all times. Good times, bad times, 
right? We're rejoicing at all times. The primary reason because God is still on his throne. Jesus is still sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's still the Lord. He's still the King of Kings. Amen. So we still have jo more joy left to experience. So don't let the joy get out of your life. Now, verse 12, it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. I want you to underline giving thanks, and then I want you to underline the Father who has qualified us, and then I want you to underline inheritance of the saints in the light. Paul the Apostle talks about, you know, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Paul the Apostle, you know, it's amazing how he keeps the church, uh, uh, you know, uh, central on, you know, centered on the praise and worship. He wants our life to be centered on praising and giving thanks to God. He doesn't want us to lose the focus of, you know, you know, stop praising him. He wants us to be continually be praising God and continually giving him thanks to God. And we also see that uh, in Thessalonians where he speaks about how continually we need to give thanks to the Father. And that's, that's an attitude that Paul had and he served the Lord with. He always thanked God for the little. He always thanked God for the more. He was never, you know, he never stopped thanking God. So what is it something that you have to thank God for today? right? It's the best thing that you can do today is to really thank God for what and where he has brought you. And the, Paul is pointing to something amazing here. He says, give, give thanks, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. So here's why Paul is saying to giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. We've been qualified by the blood of his Son. We've been qualified by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not just qualified on our own. He is he who qualified us. It's he who qualified us. We need to understand that. And one of the strongest uh, um, attempts of the enemy is to sort of like, you know, make us feel that we need to qualify our, uh, ourselves. And that's why, uh, you know, most of the times, no matter how good we do, no matter how much Bible reading we do, no matter how, how many times we worship or whatever, the enemy you know, wants to feel, wants us to feel condemned before God so that you try to work out your own way and not rely on the grace of God. But here's what, you know, Paul is saying, we're continually giving thanks to God because it is God who is promoting us. It is God who is qualifying us. We don't have to rely on our own wisdom and strength, uh, but it's God who is qualifying us. And that's the picture of grace that he's painting to the church over here. Amen. I remember one time, uh, you know, I had a brother who came to me and he said, you know, I've been fasting and praying so much, so many times. I've did this over this particular weakness and it never seems to go. It never seems to die. It never seems to disappear. And I had to tell him, listen, that's because you are relying on your own works. You're relying on your own strength to, to defeat the evil one. You can't do that. The more you rely that God is the one who's going to defeat that demonic spirit, or he's the one who's going to deliver you from that demonic spirit, or he's the one who is going to deliver you from that, uh, the, the weakness that you're facing, the more you think in those, you know, from that point of view, the more you're going to experience the freedom. So, 
um, the enemy wants us to feel at times unworthy, you know, wants us to make us feel we are good for nothing. And there's not, you know, so whatever you do, whatever good you do, I tell you, honestly, you can never overdo. You can never outgive. You can never outgive. So God has given us the grace and it's the grace alone that can qualify us to be in his presence. Amen. And then we goes on to see about uh, how Paul mentions about inheritance of the saints in the light. And I tell you, God didn't just save us from hell, but he also wants us to know that there is an inheritance that is waiting for the saints, you know, once we complete our purpose here on earth. Now, if you notice something about the inheritance, it's always, you know, in within the family. You'll all even it, it doesn't usually happen between the friends, or it normally happens between the families and the relatives, where the inheritance gets transferred, right? And that's another indication that we are in the family of Jesus. And I say this is the indication that you're not just saved from hell, not just saved from sin, but you're now part of the glorious family of the kingdom and the inheritance belongs to you as well. We can never, you know, understand the depth of what inheritance looks like. Maybe once we, you know, <laughs> you know, if the Lord shows us in this lifetime, praise God for it. But yes, it's also for now in some cases. It's also for now. We also do have our spiritual rights and authority. You know, that's just a portion of it. But once we get to eternity, we get to understand what is in store for us. I remember one time being at a, you know, a worship meeting in one of the slums in Mumbai. And one of the, you know, I must, you know, this is not to offend anybody, but because I'm an evangelist and I get to travel, I get to see places uh, of people of all different, you know, uh, colors and cultures and uh, all different language groups. And I began to worship God with them. And I've been to the dirtiest of the slums to, to, to the amazing places that you want to be to worship God. And I tell you, in, in those, I was in one of the situations was that I was in, uh, you know, among the people who were so poor, so poor that, uh, their 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 house were like more like a tent of a made of made up of just plastic or like you know plastic literally and they were living under that and there was a little church group that gathered and they were worshiping and their roof was leaking and there was a stench all over the place and they but they were still worshiping and I'll tell you I've seen one of the most purest worship rising from this dirtiest slums i tell you i i have never felt the presence like uh, you know before like any of the places that i've been but i tell you the presence of god in those places i felt so pure so amazing and um and something that i asked god you know from my heart and i said lord how come are these group of people that you know, they get to be here. It's not fair that these group of people, they also believe in you. And there are other groups of people that are in, that don't have this kind of, they don't live in this type of a condition. But why are these group of people that live in this type of a condition? And then the Lord reminded me of the inheritance of the saints. You see, in the kingdom of God, there is no class. There is no, you know, poor class, middle class, or high class or, or average class. In most countries, that's how the economy, people of different economy have been divided into, right? Whether you belong to a middle class or you belong to a rich class, at least in India from where I come from, people sort of segregate that. Even when you get some of the, 
uh, forms to fill in the banks. They actually literally, you know, uh, have those written there, whether you, which, what part of a family, uh, you know, what do you say, um, class you belong to, right? But in the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as class, right? We all have, you know, our own inheritance in Christ Jesus, and we will never feel inadequate about our inheritance. God knows how, you know, goes what will bless us and what will keep us happy and satisfied. Every saint in the kingdom is satisfied with their inheritance. What a joy to hear that, right? When we get to heaven, for instance, uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, I just prayed for these people and I said, Lord, in their lifetime, you know, they might never see, uh, they might have a desire to buy a house. They might have a desire to purchase something and that those desires may never come true in their life. They may never live to see those desires in their lives. And, um, that's when the Lord reminded me. It's like he said that, you know, that's why I have mansions for them. That's why I've, I've come here so that they can live in mansions. So any desires of yours, you know, I'm talking about the holy desires, you know, good desires, you know, uh, of yours that are not fulfilled here on earth will be fulfilled in, in heaven, will be fulfilled in heaven so that you will have the utmost joy there. There's nothing you lack in heaven, nothing you lack in heaven. So this is our inheritance in Christ Jesus. Amen. And verse 13, it says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Paul the Apostle is reiterating the whole message of the gospel. He's saying he didn't just deliver you but from the power of darkness, but he also transferred you into the kingdom of the son of his love. You have been transferred into the kingdom. The Bible says conveyed, not conveying, but conveyed or will be conveyed. No, it's conveyed, which means past tense. The moment you believe, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, as that's very moment you were delivered from the power of darkness. So stop being conscious of the dark forces being attacking you and start being conscious of your inheritance that is in uh, Christ for you. You have the inheritance. And then Paul says, in whom we have redemption. He's talking about Jesus. In Christ is our redemption, our salvation. And we've got it through his blood and forgiveness of sins. And that's what the, the Paul is painting a picture to the church and says, this is who you are. This is who you are. You are a saint. You are a, not just a saint, but a saint with the inheritance. And you've been washed by the blood and your sins have been forgiven. Amen. What a powerful letter that Paul writes to his church. Once again, you know, I really want to thank you for listening to today's um, Bible study and we're going to be doing another episode covering the rest of the portion of this chapter. I would like us to stay tuned, amen, and do share this podcast to your friends and to your families. Once again, this is Danston John, and I'm signing out, and I look forward to see you. Or, you know, in our Facebook group, which is Global Discipleship School. If you haven't joined that yet, please search for, we're on Facebook group called Global Discipleship School and be a part of that group as we do live on Wednesdays and on Fridays. 
God bless you. Stay fit, stay healthy, and stay in Christ. Bye-bye.